This is Radio Influence. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with... Friday Val and... What? I'm I'm very confused. Hi, it's Mike. (laughs) The confused Mike and... Beans! He can't even get it straight. I mean, it's been almost a month now. (laughs) He still can't get it straight. I'm glad there's no written test for me because I'm failing the practical miserably. (laughs) Frank, how has your week been? Uh, It's been... uh, been, I think it's been all right. It's almost over and I didn't... Don't... uh, but uh, it's it's been pretty good. How about you guys? I have spent like the last I've spent the last twenty four hours buried in court transcripts, um, and I've got probably another forty eight hours to go. From which trial? I can't say because it'll give it away. Okay. Well, uh, I guess the most important, I guess the most exciting thing for me going on right now is that uh, today is the official start of a quite frankly book club. We're doing a uh, we're doing a book club, a group reading, and then I'll be doing special broadcasts to take, you know, bites out of books that we're reading together. So that's fun. Oh, that is fun. What book is the first yeah. book? A wind windswept house by Malachi Martin. Hmm. It's a uh, it's it's a pretty it's a classic as far as um, as far as exposing really dark, devious things going on at the Vatican. You know, wow, satanic, satanic infiltration. So what do you? Yeah. What do you think about the whole consecration? It was kind of like a nothing burger, wasn't it? I mean, the the prayer was beautiful. It was a a beautiful prayer. But I that's not going to take away. It's not going to take away my my uh, suspicion and contempt for the people I know who are uttering the prayer. I, I don't, it doesn't take anything away from it. I mean, the, the, the day, the days leading up to that, they, they uh, took a, a bishop off, off of his job in Puerto Rico for not going along with the vaccine mandate uh, stuff. They, uh, uh, days after the consecration, supposed consecration, they went after uh, nuns for one other thing or another. It, it's just the same thing. I, I, I don't know. I think everybody's just pitching in with the war effort and it is a, it's a gorgeous prayer. I just don't trust the people who are uttering it. Mm. So message good, messengers bad. That happens a lot. Okay. Well, yeah. I, yeah. That, that would be a great reason not to to buy a product from a from a salesman, if considering the uh, the character of the salesman. That's true. I, um, I was going to suggest a uh, companion book to uh, your Vatican book, and it's called God's Bankers. Mm. And, it's uh, by Gerald Posner, and he's written uh, – I'm going to tell you he's a friend, full disclosure. But it is a brilliant analysis of how the Vatican got the wealth it got, especially in the 20th century. Oh, well, the 20th century, that would have to be a lot of uh, intelligence drug money. Uh, and that, uh, Nazi money. Yeah. Well, it, well, what happened was right after World War II um, – the, uh, the, Amer- the the newly formed American national security state to, had to team up with leftover Nazi Nazi uh, r- um, members in Europe to form Operation Gladio to make sure that communism didn't start spreading throughout Europe, which in a way is noble in itself. Communism was, I I, I believe, probably the, the bigger the bigger threat than uh, than even national socialism killed far more people when you think of it objectively, but they they teamed up. They teamed up with leftover Nazi factions to go and make sure that communists did not gain ground politically in Europe after World War II, but they needed a way to fund it. So they enlisted the Vatican Bank, and that became a, uh, a, a vessel for a lot of drug money that was then being sold in American, uh, American inner cities, cities, by the way. Things like that. That's where we started getting this this kind of a uh, the the emergence of a protocol that has been done time and time again in different parts of the world, in Vietnam, in Afghanistan, South and Central America. Uh, we're actually living through a little bit of a mutated gladio right now here with our color, color revolutions at home. So it's very important to understand what happened from uh, that that post World War II onward, and the Vatican was a, a big part of the financing of it all. 
I, I think uh, just for that reason alone, and you already have great knowledge there, Frank, uh, you would appreciate Posner's research and writing. He goes neck deep in every subject he covers. I'd love to read it. And here I was just going to tell a story about what happened to me at the car dealership. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I, I have a story like that, too. I need to I, I seem I can't find anybody at GM that wants to take my money to buy out my lease. Well, I went. This is the worst. I went in and they actually solicited me. They wanted my car because it's much better for them to sell a used car right now with low mileage than it is to sell new ones, given the circumstances. So I made a deal with them to get an upgraded new model of my car and keep my everything exactly the same. So it was basically just like a swap for me, right? So everything was all worked out. I get to the dealership to pick it up. I go into the finance guy. I'm doing all the things. And he's like, okay, so here's your payment. And he pushes the thing across the table. Now, mind you, the sales guy had gone over with me. This paper says what the payment would be, but we've got our deal worked out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, great. So I go in and sit there. He pushes the paper across and he says, this is what the payment is. And I said, no, no, no. And I was like, we're keeping my payment the same. And he said, well, I don't think we're going to be able to do that. Who told you that? And I said, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to buy your damn car. And I got up to leave. And he's like, well, hold on a second. (laughs) And he says, this guy, oh, just wait. I have an idea. Wait, first of all, did you talk to your salespeople about this? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Do you think that I'm sitting in front of you right now because I hadn't already worked out my financing? And he goes, well, maybe we could take some of the warranty off the other car and transmute it over and have it on this, but we just have to, okay. And he pushes some buttons on his computer and he's like, all right. He's like, done. <laughs> oh, I was simple. And he did it so quickly. Like it was such a charade. It was ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, great. So we're going through the paperwork and he pushes across a paper that's deep down in the stack. And he says, okay, so this is just letting us take the money off the warranty on that one and move it over to this one. I said, hold hold on a second, sir. You had this already prepared? And (laughs) silence. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's you said. Have you keep that ace up the sleeve? I Make said, sure you don't walk out of the room. That's all. I said. So you knew you were going to do this the whole time, but you pretended as though you couldn't. What was the purpose of that? Just out of curiosity, like there's, there's a reason why car salesmen have reputations, uh, uh, Tracy. It was funny because when we were walking into the office, it's one of those offices with the lock on the door where you have to push the buttons to get in. And I said, "Oh, they lock you in here." And he's like, "Yeah, they lock me in here." <laughs> And I said to him, I said, now I know why they lock you in here. You're a terrible salesperson. Wow. It was not fun. The rest of that meeting with him was not fun. Did the deal get done? Of course, because I got everything I wanted. But the point was, I told him when I was walking out, I will never be back here again. Just understand. (laughs) Oh, boy. I, I had such an easy time. I cannot believe how uh, two weeks ago I got rid of my little electric car and I'm back on the gooey dinosaur juice and I'm real happy about it. I'm happy for you. And not only that, my wife last night said to me, you know, they're going to start sending everybody gas cards. She goes, how did you figure this out? Yeah. I said, simple. The, when I got the electric car, I got uh, 10,000, $11,000 from the government uh, to buy that car. And now that I'm done with it, I'm going to be getting gas cards. Or I have have a better idea. They could just open up the damn pipeline and stop using our strategic oil reserves to uh, prop up the mess that is their policy in this country. Right, right. But but every opportunity to squeeze us into some kind of um, a an uncomfortable position is an opportunity to modify human behavior again. And once again, if somebody can get. A uh, $200, $300 gas card sent to them every month, that will be something that is um, that is internalized as something that is well-deserved and needed. And that is just it. You become more and more okay with having everything provided to you. There's less reason to go out there and provide it for yourself. It's yeah. just psychological over and over. Because like you said, this is completely – Manufactured. We can not only we not only can be swimming in our own in abundance of our own energy. We can flood the world with everything that we can export for hundreds of years and um, whatever. And that's just and that's not me being a a as a so-called fossil fuel nut. 
I, I really do believe that there's there's tons of free energy technology that, that's being hidden from the world that I would love to see happen. But in the meantime, I don't want our, our current way of living, uh, our standard of living going away just for some kind of ridiculous um, crusade of, of being more, I don't know, environmentally conscious, even though pipelines are more conscious, environmentally conscious than uh, freight and everything else. Yeah. So Over the road trucks are a mess and they're, you know, adding to the fuel problem. But look at Chicago, Frank. Did you see and Tracy, did you see what the Chicago mayor is proposing? And I think they're going to get it done. No, no. This is the nudge, nudge, nudge of the left. They keep nudging you, nudging you, nudging you. Gas prices go up. People are grousing about the cost of fuel. So the mayor is proposing to send gas cards to people in Chicagoland who drive. And to give them some help. But if you don't want the gas card, you can also get a transit card that's good for the year. And that will allow you to just get off your automobile and be completely reliant on government transportation. And so this is a response, they said, because, well, if we give people gas cards, the people who ride the buses are going to be mad. So we'll just let everybody have one or the other. So now they're supplementing or or supporting completely public transportation, which this all goes back to Agenda 21. If you want to read it, it's all part of the United Nations Bill of Rights and how the government's going to squeeze you into living in congested urban areas and where you can work and live and not drive, et cetera. This is all the end result of this, and it's starting to get clearer and clearer. I just wish people would wake up. Mike, you've done yeah. a lot of work on Agenda 21. Yeah, I, I dug it out, uh, God, almost 10 years ago. And I brought it to uh, that guy, Glenn Beck, and he's like, what is this? And Pelosi's been involved with Agenda 21 since the late 80s Yep. and the early 90s. They've been, they've been working on this. The, the name has been changed. It's now something else like Agenda 2050 or Earth 2050. I forget what it is. Same evil agenda, but it's a globalist idea. But uh, uh, can we go back to the oil and the um, million barrels a day? That's 180 million barrels over 180 days. Isn't that what he's projecting? I, I believe so, yes. How many gallons of gasoline are made from every barrel of oil? I don't know. I think because we don't use all of it. I think it's like 20 gallons for every barrel. That's so, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we use it for other stuff too, because we have to make polyester pants, you know, and and all and we have to make those those grocery bags that they're telling us are going to replace the little paper bags and the other thin plastic bags. Those bags are made from oil too. So oil's not just for uh, gassing up your car or making diesel, but it, it, if we're making twenty gallons per, so that's twenty million gallons of of gas a day. That we'd be putting out with this. So are we going to give 180 million people each 20 gallons? Because I'm thinking we got 180 million drivers in the country of 330 million people. Is that what? Why don't we just do that? Stop tapping into our strategic petroleum reserves, which would this be almost 35 percent of it at the end of it. And there's no plan to refill it. No, we can't. Just give everybody a $20, 20 gallon gas credit. And then keep the reserves because we'll eventually need those reserves. And let's all remember Chuck Schumer was the guy who shot down replenishing the reserves under Trump when Trump wanted to refill it. And uh, it was 40 bucks a barrel then. What is it, 115 this morning? That's disgusting. Yeah. Hey, you know, 20, and 20 gallons, 20 gallons is like what, two full refills? Isn't everybody's not, car not, seven like, to 10 gallons? Mine's 15 right now. Yeah, it's, that's like one. Re in many, it's just a little bit over one refill. So it's 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 such not a, it's not a help at all. Well, did you hear Joe sputter when he was asked when gas prices are coming down? No. What did he say? Oh, I yeah. This was it's it was ridiculously uh, obviously all he has is contradiction. I have, I, ha I have it if you'd like it. Yeah, listen to this. Okay, this is here's the question and Joe's answer. Joey. In monetary terms. Do you estimate today's announcement will reduce gas prices, and when can Americans expect to see these changes? That's a really important question, and there's no firm answer to it, but prices already came down. 
when it was announced ahead of time that Biden was going to release so much and so much energy from uh, so many barrels of oil from the Spro. Now, I, I got to stop for a second. I love it when he talks about Biden. Yeah, Biden. I, uh, there, when Biden was going to release it from the Spro. Is that what the cool kids call the Strategic Petroleum Reserves? Hey, that's the Spro, bro. I guess so. All right, I'll let him continue. So, so you know, it's, it's already come down because everybody heard that Biden was doing something. But now yeah. he goes on. So he says, it's already come down. Now he goes on to say this. Yeah, this is <laughs> from the Spro. The Spro. They're already come down. My guess is we'll see it come down, continue to come down. Um, but how far down, I don't think anyone can tell. And there's going to be a slight delay because <laughs> if you go out there and you're a gas station and you purchased X amount of gas at a certain price, you're not going to lower the price of the pump until you're able to get back what you invested. And that I'm talking matter of, I think, you know, days and weeks. But it's hard to tell. And the other thing is, exactly, but it will come down. And it could it already come came down fairly significantly. It could come down the better part of you know, anything from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. It's unknown at this point. Everything. We're also waiting to see whether or not our allies exactly how many how many barrels they release from their supplies now. My guess is it could be as high somewhere between 30 million to 50 million barrels. And the higher the number, the more likely the prices to come down. So then he decided he wasn't going to take any more questions. So he got the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. So, so it's already come down, but it hasn't come down yet. We don't know when it's going to. And when it does, it might be anywhere between five cents and 35 cents. And we don't know when or where or how much or it has already started, but it hasn't. <laughs> it's preemptive lowering, but the real lowering may be coming soon. It's just ridiculous. He's a graduate of the Kamala Harris speech class. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. So that, that was yesterday when he announced that the Spro, he's the Spro bro who's got the got the gas card for America. You're going to get 20 gallons. Each American is going to get 20 gallons and a car wash. Oh, you want to hear a funny story about that before we jump into special counsel stuff? Sure. When I first moved down here and they don't have this in New York, so it was weird. When I first moved down here, we were driving down the road and there was a car wash and it said free vacuum. And there was like this whole section where people were vacuuming their cars. Yeah, so we have. Yeah. So Will and I drove our cars in and parked at the gas, the, the vacuum and vacuumed our cars and said, wow, this is really cool. You can just use their vacuums for free. And everyone was looking at us and I'm like, why is everybody staring at us? I don't understand. And then I realized they're not just free for anybody to come up and use. You have to buy a car wash first. Yeah, but they don't say that. No, they don't. So we just it, used their vacuums as though they were free for no reason. Because I've started using it here, the same one, when I don't need a wash, but I do need a vacuum. And a guy came up and he goes, you know, you're supposed to buy a car wash. And I said, there have been many times I bought washes here and I never vacuumed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just up. and he was dumbfounded. He just stood there with his hands on his hips. Hey, okay. what is that? I mean? It does. It doesn't say free vacuum with wash. No, it just says free vacuums. Yep. I was going to take one. They, they took away all the vacuums around here. Uh, I used to go to Splash Car Wash, and I I would I would get a car wash, and then I would say, okay, I have about eight quarters on me. I'm gonna roll up to the vacuums and throw them in there, and and do a little bit of interior too. They got rid of them all. They want you to get detailed now. To help oh them. yeah. Ooh, wow, that fancy. You must live in a fancy town. Yeah, he does. No, he does I had to cross into Granite. It's I had to talk cross into Greenwich uh, to go to that that Splash. And I guess Greenwich is kind of fancy for it some is. people. It's bougie. Very fancy. It is bougie. It's bougie. Very bougie. We got, we got uh, Diana Ross's family lives up there. I think it's very fancy. I want to talk. Oh, about, I actually, oh, I, I've been, uh, I've been behind uh, Diana, Diana Ross online at the UPS store a few times. <laughs> you can see her walking around. I mean, you can't miss her with the hair, but still, she's around still. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. fair. Um, before we get into Michael Sussman. Frank, did you have I, I I'm sure you didn't happen to catch the show when when Mike and I were going over the the Sunday night uh, Oscars drama with Will Smith and I was able to get the entire Fresh Prince song into our bit. <laughs> oh, the entire one? The, the entire recitation. 
in like normal it. speech. Through a con- it was conversing. And she worked in the entire Tracy worked in all the lyrics. It's masterful when you can do something like that. <laughs> it really is. Like I've heard I, uh, I, I've, I've heard somebody do that with uh, Bon Jovi before. And, you know, it's really good when you don't you, you realize what's happened to you about halfway through the song. Yep. yep. <laughs> you know, so you have to really you have to play it right. It was because that, and then we read we read Love and Hate Mail the other day as well. Yeah, so if you have any hate mail that you'd like to share, we, we'd like to read them. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Eric was the lucky beneficiary of the, of the mail on Wednesday, so Mike will never forget him ever. <laughs> Ever. Well, I get I don't I get to I don't know the hate mail, um, but I get I've, I every once in a while I get some weird, disturbing mail. I've had people uh, accuse me of mind controlling them. Uh, <laughs> seriously, does they stop? Did you do you appre- do you have fun playing with people's minds? We know what you're doing. And, and I'm like, oh, God, no, please. Listen, just forget. I ever whenever whenever I stuff, see stuff like that, I'm just like, please forget you ever found me. And go find something else to do because it's just so creepy. I, I don't know. After I read some weird emails, I I, I want to take like a four month vacation in in the Alaskan wilderness and disappear. <laughs> do you rem- do you remember Chucky Larms from the other day? Friday from Friday, Chucky Larms, the box of cereal, Chucky Larms. Oh yes, 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 Chucky Larms. Somebody, yeah, yes, somebody wrote in the other the other day, um, Mike. Actually, it was it was Wednesday, and they said something really funny. Um, hold on, I'm finding it right now because I think you would appreciate it. It was so witty and showed that they actually were very much a fan of the show. Um, it said. You took a very awkward topic head on today on the show. I got a good dose of what Mike has to offer. I was a big no on Mike before, but now I've shifted. It's more like eating off-brand cereal. It's not the same, but I'll endure it out of necessity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an off-brand cereal. Yay! But the reason why that was funny, Mike, was because on Friday I told a story about off-brand cereal and how we used to have to buy it in New York when we didn't have a lot of money. And somebody, and Viviana said, my daughter, she's like, yeah, instead of Lucky Charms, it's Chucky Larms because they can't use the actual name of the cereal. Right. So yeah. this guy was pulling from that joke. So it was pretty, it was, that's the reason why it was witty. Yeah, like when you go to get the the, the off-brand uh, fruit, loop, uh, fruit Loops and you have to get the fruit circles. Yes. You know? See, we're about to get into this and we're laughing about it, but we are on the verge of the uh, food inflation crisis that's going to drive people to make choices. And you're not going to have your brand names. You're not going to have and not just from Ukraine. What is it? Skippy peanut butter today said, yeah, we got about 90 million pounds of peanut butter out there that just might have some steel shavings from steel. (laughs) Yeah, we're eating steel shavings. All right. All right. We're doing it now. There's been news out of the Sussman case in the special counsel. Does anybody know this news yet, or am I telling it from the beginning? Telling uh, it from the beginning. Yeah, tell us from the beginning. I I, uh, I can't wait. Okay. So um, Technofog was able to get his hands on the transcript from the hearing the other day where Sussman's attorneys brought a motion to dismiss the case even before trial. In a criminal case, it's kind of unheard of to do. But Sussman's attorneys are arguing that – the statements, it's never before in history has a person been charged with criminal 1001, which is lying to investigators, when the core statement is not being alleged to be false, but the ancillary actions around it are what the problem is. So, for example, Sussman didn't tell the FBI that he was working on behalf of the Clinton campaign when he went to them with this information about the Alpha Bank servers and all the stuff about Trump. He told them he was coming to them as a private citizen with a tip. So unsolicited, he told the FBI, I'm here as my as a private citizen with this and gave it to them. So the Durham special counsel is arguing because he didn't tell the FBI that he was doing it on behalf of a rival political campaign. The FBI did not handle that tip in the same way that it would have had Sussman told them that. Is that clear? Yeah. So they've never, ever gotten a 1001 on somebody for that specific thing. So because of that technicality, 
Sussman's attorneys are arguing they should drop this and that it's a here nor there. The special counsel is saying, no, 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 because the FBI never would have done A, B and C and would have asked questions D, E and F. Would we have known or they have known that Sussman was working on behalf of the Clinton campaign when he did this? Here's the problem. First of all, the judge doesn't seem very sympathetic to Sussman. We'll put that out there right away. But the problem is, and I argue this still, even in the face of Cash Patel telling me that I'm not necessarily correct, the Durham special counsel is doing everything it can to protect the institution of the FBI. Because of that, they can't admit to the court or to anyone else that the FBI was also involved in this entire thing. So it was immaterial in all honesty, whether or not Sussman told them because they already knew. Does this make sense? It is. It does. It does make sense. But even if the judge in this hearing, this request for dismissal denies it, isn't there an appeal that'll probably go to an appellate or district judge that'll be more sympathetic and more liberal? I don't think so. They're in D.C. as it is, I believe. I think they're in either D.C. or Virginia. I'm not sure one of the one of the courts they're in. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to appeal on a motion to dismiss like that. I think that they're ready to go to trial. The, you know, the the Sussman team has all the discovery. They know exactly what's out there. They were challenging the Durham special counsel on how much they put in the in the uh, in the written indictment, in the um, verbal indictment or whatever, the recited indictment. And um, they they are basically without saying it overtly challenging the special counsel on politicization of the case. And the other problem with it is, is that. The, F, the, the the special counsel is not arguing that the information that Sussman brought to the FBI was materially false in any way, which boggles my mind, given everything else in the case. And the special counsel in this hearing actually admitted they're not challenging the factual nature of the of the information that was brought to them. So I don't even know what the friggin point of this is at this point. Like, I think that I, I think that in a way. In a very basic way, the point of a lot of this is to another degree, the Hunter Biden laptop stuff is just uh, I, I you just have to be handling the subject in some way publicly so it doesn't look like you're just ignoring it altogether. I don't know. I, I, I feel like just contact with the subject matter is par for the course sometimes, even if things aren't making any logical, logically con- consistent sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Just to get it so that the public's somewhat pacified that there's something happening. I get that. There's something happening and it's not being ignored. And, uh, you know, there's still I I, it just that has to just be baseline, a baseline something approach. I, I just I just part part of somebody said, oh, is 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 it possible that, you know, they're just the the Sussman team is just trying to ferret out more of what the. Durham special counsel knows or what they have up their sleeve. And my argument to that is if they have something else up their sleeve, they'd better get on with it because Sussman's going to go to trial in front of a jury soon. And if there's something else coming, it has to happen, you know, relatively quickly. Otherwise, they're just going to bring him through this trial. If they don't get a conviction from a jury on this, it's no good. It's not good for the special counsel at all. It really just isn't. And it doesn't seem to me I'm not an attorney, but it doesn't seem to me from what this hearing portrayed that they have very much other than the fact that he lied about who he was working for when he gave the tip. And this and the like the the judge was not sympathetic to them at all. So I think this was just a Hail Mary. They knew they probably wouldn't get anywhere with the motion to dismiss, but they wanted to get some things on the record and say some things before they went to trial and just get it out there. Um, I don't know. Typically, these transcripts are not available until at least 30 days after the hearing, unless you go down to the courthouse and you pay and you get it and all that. And I never can do that. So thank you to Technofog, who is a recent father just recently. His wife had a baby um, for doing that for everybody. Wonderful. Now, the trial's May 13th. So this this was kind of like. Uh, Sussman's team's Hail Mary, and if it's rejected and it looks like they're going to trial, is the next step a possible plea deal? 
for Sussman to step up or because, you know, they're squeezing him to get somebody else higher. Yeah. And that's the thing is that if he hasn't pled yet, I don't know what else they could possibly do to him at this point. If all they've got on him is a 1001 violation and he is going to go to trial on it, what else could they potentially have gotten out of him? Like, wouldn't he just drop it? Wouldn't they just drop it or like have him? You know what I'm saying? Like they haven't made enough motion yet for me to believe that that's actually what's going on here. Unless they had other stuff that they didn't ever bring forward. And now he's just being a little whiny bitch, which could be potentially true, I guess. Hmm. Well, this is, this is the most I've 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 learned about the subject so far. I've just seen the headlines and uh, I'm glad you you brought it up. At least I'm a little bit more up to speed. I started reading all those transcripts from yesterday because I was doing some what I want to do for everybody is the political motivations behind the Ukraine stuff that's going on, like all the way back from 2015 with Manafort and who he was connected to and everything like that through today and how the Hunter Biden laptop weaves into all of it and what happened during the impeachment and just refresh people's memories about what happened with the Shokin um, whole thing and Andre Teleshenko and all the characters that came out to give Rudy Giuliani information and Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman and just all the cast of characters because I gave it to Will, my husband. I said, you know, they're parroting out this Hunter Biden laptop because I really do believe at this point that Joe Biden is going to be stepping down. I really do. I just think, okay, let me ask you this. Uh, in who knows? I, I always just thought that Joe Biden, it was going to be a medical situation that sidelines him. But I also thought that there was going to be a need to first replace Kamala, which is, is ridiculous because you never had to pick her in the first place. Um, so it, it all seems like these weird self-inflicted wounds and, and shit like that. But when it comes to this in particular, to remove him because of this causes so much, so much, uh, you know, collateral damage to everybody. I mean, it, 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 it destroys further the credibility of a media that is largely hated. I mean, they still have a, a, a they play a, a great role in shaping the opinions of tens of millions of Americans still. So you can't completely count them out for what kind of insidious organizations that they are. But it, it, it goes and it, it hurts the, the, the media. It hurts a bipartisan establishment. It hurts Joe Biden and his and his uh, party, who doesn't really have the voter base that could produce 81 million votes for anybody. So, I mean, and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I so I don't um, I'm once again wondering what this is going to produce now that you have all of these media organizations coalescing around this story. Something big is coming, obviously. Um, the problem is that Biden keeps saying the quiet part out loud. Well, like, which one is that? He says a lot of quiet parts now. Like all of his mistakes last week, um, he keeps saying what he's supposed to keep inside. Reminds me of Frank Caliendo's impression of George Bush from years ago. I don't know if you guys have heard that. Mike, have you heard that? Of course. Yeah. Frank, Frank was a master of that, but and still is probably. Yeah. But it, you have Biden, who clearly has cognitive issues. And Frank mentioned it earlier, and he he mentioned this escape hatch early on when he said this. If 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 I reach something where there's a a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll uh, I'll, I'll 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 develop some disease and say I have to resign. So that's already been in his head for years. And now that he's actually fighting and God knows what it must be like to be in his head and realize that he can't control it or can't remember it or it just says stuff because the last person who talked to him said that. But the reality here and this is the game, the war game we're playing in our little weird groups. Will they do this? Will they force Joe out before the midterms? I don't think they can. That would be the most disastrous move a party could make. Unless they want to postpone the midterms. You can't. Why would you put po- you can't postpone a midterm? Those are those are legally established. Even if we were under attack by a foreign country, uh, physical attack, I don't think they would. But um, Frank brought up a point of you have to replace Kamala. And who do you replace Kamala with is the conundrum. So until they find the Kamala replacement, I don't think they move Joey out 
or or even uh, you you don't amendment twenty five him either because that requires Kamala to be on board too. Can you, Mike? Can you play for Frank the Pelosi clip from the other day that we we played on Wednesday so he can hear that? Uh, yeah, give me one second. And uh, while you do that, I'll show I'll show a clip real quick. It's about forty seconds, so you can cue that up. This is how ABC yesterday covered Hunter Biden. Tonight, reports that the Justice Department's investigation into the tax affairs of President Biden's son, Hunter, is intensifying. Sources telling ABC News that in recent weeks, a grand jury in Wilmington has heard from a parade of witnesses about payments Hunter Biden received while on the board of the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma, and also about how he paid his taxes in recent years. Biden served on the Burisma board when his father was vice president, something he's admitted was a mistake. Did I make a mistake? Well, maybe in, in, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. But did I make a mistake based upon some unethical lapse? Absolutely not. Federal prosecutors are also looking into how Hunter Biden reported money from business deals in China. And then we had a column go up, which was masterfully done by Michelle, that explained what Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley are presenting in regards to China in front of Congress right now. Yeah, they've got receipts. Yeah, they actually have receipts. But I do have what Pelosi said, if you want it. Yep. This is Pelosi talking uh, to her crew, her peeps. Joe Biden is a great president. He is a gift. As I've said to him, don't say I told you this, but what I've said to him sometimes, I'm glad you didn't win before because we really needed you to win now. (laughs) (laughs) He's perfect. He's perfect for now. Yes, yes. No, he he was our he was the the silver bullet we had to keep in the chamber. But the way she said for now, at the very end, yeah, he, yeah, he's a, he's perfect because he's a flushable wipe. Like she's basically dismissing him for now. That was my punk band in the seventies, the flushable wipes. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> we, we we used to play with the circle jerks. Oh my uh, God. great punk band of that oh same God. era. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Eric. <laughs> Eric didn't like Mike's jokes. <laughs> Eric didn't like that I was less serious than than Frank. So that's all right. But yeah, the, the conundrum here is this would be devastating. E, if they amendment 25 him, it is a dangerous precedent, as Ted Cruz said yesterday, because then you open that door to any amendment 25-ing of a president if you can get people in his cabinet against him. If you get him to resign as a sickness who do you replace him with if you haven't replaced kamala that's a problem and if hunter's indicted does joe have to step down because let's face it if if you've read amanda divine's miranda divine's book you understand that joe had keys to hunter's offices in dc jill had keys jim biden had keys they were all listed on the lease for where hunter was raking in all those million dollar checks from china and russia etc it's it's i don't even know like the thing that gets me is listening to that abc clip and then again you know the 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 intelligence officials that came out and signed that letter that anything about this barisma stuff was all russian disinformation and that cipher of all the people in the world that i have had interaction with when we were back on the twitters saying that Oh, if that's if that kept Trump out of office, I wear it with pride, knowing yeah. he just lied to everybody. Right. Well, that's the yeah, that, and that's the that's the thing. And I saw uh, Chuck Grassley, and uh, they all produced some kind of um, uh, some kind of money line between the Chinese and and uh, Hunter Biden and and whatnot. And I'm like, this is this is great stuff. But I mean, we have him on tape talking about how his business partners are going missing and he's beholden to Chinese spy chiefs. And it's that we, this was, this was so long ago. And, uh, I guess it goes back to what you were saying before with the, with the other, with the other, the, the Sussman thing there too, the involvement of the intelligence and the law enforcement apparatus is, is so intimate that uh, it's almost like you, you, you don't want them involved in this. Because they should – it's almost it, – it, we're in a, such a situation right now where you almost need your law enforcement and judicial system to recuse themselves yeah. from things that they are designed to be a part of because they are part of the plots. Yep. It's just so it, – it's so oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I just wonder what MSNBC is going to do because don't they have John Brennan on contract right now? Yep. 
I, Brennan's on contract to MSNBC as a consultant, as a voice on air. He signed. He's one of the 50 people who signed saying that this was Russian disinformation. And as CNN is now reporting quite regularly that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, MSNBC kind of dancing around saying that. But what will Brennan be asked? Will he be put in the freezer until we all forget about this? Because he's a guy who was standing out there calling it Russian disinformation. Uh, what's your name? Uh, uh, Colonel Kleb, um, uh, Jen Snarky. Her tweet calling it disinformation is still up. You know, I just want to point out, too, for everybody out there, you know that Asha Rangapangapanga, whatever her name is, former FBI Comey sycophant who is now out there, you know, trying to hold water for the Biden administration. She kind of coupled around with with Cypher during all of this. I want to just tell you, Mike, I don't know if you know this, but back when we were on Twitter, those two literally came after a, a small group of us who were ferreting out their BS on this and other things and attempted to dox us on Twitter. Mm. So they're not they're not above, you know, going after you, you'd think that we're just like a small group of ragtag nonsense people. They're not above going after normal citizens who find this stuff out. What is that noise? What do you mean? There is some weird Noise. Oh, it's coming from my phone. I'm like, what it, is playing right now? It's Asha. She's listening to you right now. She probably is. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Ridiculous. It sounds like a menu item at well, a good restaurant. It's so funny. We have an inside joke about her because she was eating. She said she like made some snide remark at us. And then she said, oh, eating wine and sipping, uh, eating fries and sipping my wine. So now every time we want to mock somebody, we send a little emoji of fries and a glass of wine because it's an insult. Who eats fries with wine? Who does that? Stupid. Anyway. Fries. Oh, I mean, I guess it it, it depends on what you need more. Carbs or sugars? Or what what is it? I mean, if you need – if you just want the wine – Badly, badly enough, you can have it with ice cream if you'd like. Guess what? Yes. <laughs> what? Tickets go on sale today for the Dark Delight Extravaganza in, in August. Oh, wow. For the general public. Already? Yeah, because we allowed a small window for the first year veterans to reattend so that they could lock up their spots, which they all did, by the way. All of them. Uh-huh. So you had every last one. Day? Returning from uh, last year, the the VIP crew. Yes, sir. Wow, that's exciting. I, I again, it's conflicting with the U.S. Open tennis tennis tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I'll be a late arrival, if anything. That's fine. You're welcome. We're there for a week, basically. Um, it would be great to have you there. Oh, by the way, Anthony Fauci, long lost clip making the rounds again. Do you want to hear it? Oh, I heard about this. I have not heard the clip. (laughs) I I am salivating like Pavlov's dog at noon when the bells are ringing. Here we go. Uh, But she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And (laughs) if if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. If she really has the flu, she right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it's the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Wow. That needs My. to be a shirt. My, how, how science changes. It's always well, changing. Yeah, that's the nature of it, Frag. <laughs> now, that's like 2004. And that, was that John Roberts who was with him? He's on C-SPAN. I don't know who he's talking to. It doesn't look like John. I don't know. It sounded like him and I because I haven't seen it. I just heard it. But that's amazing. That just goes along, though, with the – I have a two-minute montage of Fauci contradicting himself on masks back and forth for almost two years. It, it's ridiculous. I'm surprised they're trotting him back out again. Um, there is a story in the Epoch Times today. The headline is mRNA vaccines uh, put you at risk for acute 
coronary syndrome. And they did this using the pulse cardiac test, which is a test that checks for these special lesions that, you know, can kind of predict your coronary. It it just it's very definitive, this test. Researchers have found that Pfizer and Moderna mRNA COVID shots dramatically increase biomarkers associated with thrombosis, cardiomyopathy and other vascular events following vaccination. Pre and post injection pulse tests for 566 patients were compared and on average their pulse scores went from an 11% five-year risk to a more than 25% five-year risk. Are there ages associated with those? No, they don't have ages, but they do say a mystery that remains to be solved is why only certain people with antibodies to the spike protein go on to develop symptoms of platelet activation and thrombocytopenia. One hypothesis is that only a subset of the anti-spike antibodies formed after vaccination can activate platelets and cause it. Yes, but can it reduce your symptoms of the the flu? Um. I don't know. All I know is that everybody says it all the time, like almost as though they're an atomic. Because because everything else, all the risks, all 1,200 plus of them, they are all worth it as just as long as the severity is limited. Oh, here's the ages, 28 to 97. Wow, there's a broad range. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, I'm going to talk to my buddy at the Cleveland Clinic about that and see because he'll dive into it. And there are... There's, they're turning up so much new data every week that certain demographics and certain age groups are getting very different side effects. Yeah, uh, and it's also depending on what th- – there was a very, very well done sort of um, off-the-cuff research project, if you can call it that, that grabbed from VAERS reports that had batch numbers from the vaccine and then corresponded those – and like looked for trends and there were batches of vaccine that caused way more issues than others. And it's mm. called how bad is my And you can put your lot number and your batch number in and search and see what the statistics are for people who have reported adverse events in those subsections of whatever, you know, whatever you received. Please. That's so hard to believe after all, it's not like we had a vaccine plant in Baltimore that had to be shut down for unsanitary conditions. It's not like we had trials being done that were just completely ridiculously mismanaged and not done pr- properly and, you know, didn't report their information to the manufacturer. And then the craziest thing, didn't Biden come out the other day and say something like, if there's another version of this, we're not going to have the money to buy the vaccine? Yeah. And- I, I, I don't know. I didn't hear that one. I, he did say that, and I screamed, well, print it, damn it. That's what you people do. <laughs> Not only that, but why'd you waste all your money on this one? You, It was just a big rush for, with all the data that's coming out, Mike, even just on COVID as a whole, to, to have rushed to this is just so stupid. The Look, hindsight is going to be 2020 on this, and, and there's going to be plenty of blame to go around forever and ever and ever. What's really important now is that we take everything that's been learned on this and the next time they raise their hands, we go, hold on a second here, Kiko. Um, Remember when you did this? We're no on this until we get this answered, because ultimately anyone over 80 was really the problem uh, with the virus. Not not that you're a problem if you're over 80, but you were the ones who were most affected by it. It was lethal to you. And the rest of this, the cure ended up or the prevention ended up being so much riskier than anyone was told. Switching gears a little bit, sort of, you know, that Peppermint Kami, as Kane calls her from Citizen Free Press, has been taking a lot of time off for her multiple COVID positives in the past two months, which is just unheard of. There's a story out by Axios this morning, uh, just now, actually. Um, Jen Psaki in exclusive talks to join MSNBC, MSNBC, starting with hosting a show on their streaming platform um, and a part of live programming across MSNBC, planning to leave the White House this spring. Yeah, this is a month old story. Is She's it? Gone. Yeah, it's a month old story. She's had meetings at the White House with executives from MSNBC and CNN 
they were originally talking to, to her about replacing Rachel Maddow because Maddow's moving to weekends. And so this is probably the ramp up. They can't just throw her in there Monday through Friday. But they have uh, they've been talking to her for I, I'm going to go back and look at my notes. It's well over a month. And it makes sense because that's the channel. You either go from the network to the White House or from the White House to the networks. And it's been going on for quite some time now. She's and not the only she'll one. Do a, she'll do a fine job. There's a lot the of other people leaving, too. A lot well, of people squirreling themselves away. Well, she's going mean, to they're going to pick up uh, analysis jobs. All they'll, they'll be in think tanks. They'll be writing books. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty interesting to watch this drawback to see how many people want to get away from get away from the scene right before a bomb drops. Mm-hmm. That that's always a that's always could be a deciding factor in what's happening right now too. But the multiple the multiple infections from these clusters of of big name vaccine pushers is really amazing. Well, th- you got Snarky Jen Snarky. You have um, the her underling, the one who traveled with Biden to Europe. She tested positive. Um, you have uh, the governor of uh, New Jersey. Tested positive. CIA Barack, director. Barack Obama tested positive. Clinton. Bill Clinton tested positive. No. Hillary. Yeah. Bill used it to isolate himself from her. Um, I said at the time that I think that all these people testing positive is actually just a way for them to telegraph to other people that they've been together without anybody knowing. Hmm. Or is it the next ramp up to we're going to have to have mail-in ballots for the midterms? I think it's too soon for that, honestly. Well, you have states like Alaska shooting themselves in the jugular. So, I mean, I guess I guess state by state they can all do that, whatever. What did Alaska do? Just a few days ago, the news got out that they made mail-in ballots a uh, uh, a thing statewide, and they're not checking signatures. Oh, so they're basically. <laughs> and, well, a lot of people, a lot of people who are are uh, theorizing about why they would do something so ridiculous is that. Uh, Murkowski is is going. I mean, she she they need to keep her in. I mean, she is uh, she has all of the 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 visible trappings of a Republican candidate, but obviously is isn't uh you know isn't anything more than just a a leftist like Susan Collins in Maine, her counterpart. So people say that this is a, not only a way of trying to go out there and and uh, and capture a the final frontier in Alaska, but also to maintain their friendly stooge in Murkowski in the Senate. Mm. Either way, it's horrible. Uh, And and it's cool to see states like uh, Wisconsin putting up uh, such a fight and people still providing uh, insight into what's been going on or what happened and where this all might be going. But I don't know. All of the uh, all of the, the repairs that were necessary for really restoring trust have not really materialized in big ways. And then you have a, a, a state like Alaska do this for no damn reason. I don't know. That's well, let's, uh, let's argue the other side of this as, as we should, as they teach you in law school, let's uh, let's say, okay, Alaska says we got to do it because we're so isolated. Look at the distance between towns and communities. It is the most isolated state in terms of individual voters from where they are voting for or the the districts they might be voting for the the congress it's a, it's a huge state with a tiny population so in this case you could make a, a, a reasonable argument for mail in voting but i don't understand the no signatures why well, did I mean, it take absolutely. them so long why did, exactly they-, they they've been a state for they've been a state for generations now it's never been a problem we've had uh, we've had a, a accredited and secure absentee ballot system that has been in place for generations before that too and of course it's it's secure because there's identification that's necessary signature verification so uh, it, it, i i can't when we argue both sides and play devil's advocate, it still doesn't there, – there's nothing that neutralizes my concerns because they're doing things that are uh, remarkably unsound for no damn reason. I would say, giving you my response back, and I understand your argument, the only thing that bothers me about it is no signature. 
Yes. If there's no verification, there's no security. Then you then, but then even that in that respect, if you have that signature, then what you're just talking about is a I don't know a, a little bit more of a J.C. Penny mailer version of absentee ballots that's already available to everybody in the state if they're sick, if they're out of town, whatever. I mean, all it takes is a little bit of foresight. You know that the election is coming. Uh, I mean, we know when these elections are going to be. Every two to four years, you're going to get them. And if it's that much of uh, an issue, if you know that you're isolated and you have to. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Mark that one down. If you have to plan, if you have if you have to plan ahead then just then just just plan ahead. You already have the mail options available to you and they're they're time tested. I I have no argument. The only thing I don't want to see is this happen in densely populated areas because we run into situations like we witnessed yesterday. What was that guy's name? Lanny Coons in um, uh, 21 out of New York who got caught in a parking lot forging signatures on a petition to run against Elise Stefanik. He's a never Trumper. And uh, he was forced to resign from the race after he got caught. It's a huge stack of petitions and he's in the parking lot. They have video of him signing one after another. So yeah, there is, there is the example of abuse. I I got to tell you, I've done that before collecting signatures for Gigi to be on the ballot in New York. It is not easy. So that guy's a dick. Oh, definitely. I don't think there's any argument there. Yeah. I think that's it for today. Unless anyone else. Well, well, I have to give you one more because we haven't heard from, Maxine Waters in a long time. Oh, oh. If I may. Please. I I happen to have a multitude of Maxine Waters dumb things she said because I just think she's outrageous. Uh, And two days ago, she was talking to a group of homeless people who had showed up at an event, and it was an event that was going to help homeless people get a home. And they all heard about this, so they swarmed the area. And Maxine was there, and she stepped in it. She uh, she had to yell at the people. Another location where they're taking ass. No, Is there no, any no, more locations no, than no, this one? No, 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 so no, many no, people no, out here. One minute. I want I want everybody to go home, and I want we don't got no home. That's why we here. She told about the homeless people to go home. Man, so out of touch with reality. Yes, it is. What I want everybody to do, go home. We don't need to go home. And they're right. And they're right. And it's only going to get worse. But I'm glad when stupid people get to get hung out to dry. I really do. Although she'll she'll let it run off. She'll let it run run down her back and uh, won't worry about it and go back to her mansion and uh, out out of her district, by the way. And that'll be that. With a fence, too. She's got a big fence. So fences work at Auntie Max's place. Nowhere else. Anything else, Mike? Um, John Bolton. Um, I, he was talking about uh, the uh, now debunked story about uh, the Trump phone records. Yes. That even CNN debunked that story. But John Bolton was talking about it with, uh, I forget her name, Brianna Keeler or something. And um, he stepped in it. And who of us hasn't misspoken like this? Uh, criminal gangs in the United States use burner phones. Terrorists around the world use boner, burner phones. And as I uh, criminal boner phones, I have one of those. I didn't realize we had boner phones that mostly the terrorists use. I love how he's trying to say that because President Trump may have used a boner phone, that he's part of a terrorist group or a criminal. I bet Bolton has six boner phones right in his pocket right now. Well, he and I um, had an interview at CPAC a couple of years ago, and I asked him, if anyone told him he looked like the Lorax, and I don't know if you know who the Lorax is. Isn't that Jesus? Yep. Yeah. If you look at the Lorax and you look at John Bolton, they're the same. I think it's loosely based on his physical characteristics. <laughs> he was not pleased with me. <laughs> Anything else, Mike? Sorry, Eric. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> All right. You have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Friday, Val, and Mike, and 
beans. The link to buy tickets to the Dark Delight Extravaganza will be in the show notes today. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We will be back on Monday. Later. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 